And welcome back to the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Connor Levinson, joined by Kane Sousa and Duke Duran, and we are here to talk about the failures of Virginia Tech basketball. Virginia Tech coming into the season was one of the highest projected teams in the ACC. They were looking to finish in the top five and potentially make a run at the NCAA tournament. And now here we are 20 games into the season, and they are 10 and 10 and sitting 15th in the ACC. So what are the problems? Uh, I'm personally, I just think that I think Mike to start off, Mike Young is not making the changes that I think he should to the starting lineup. The same five guys that were there game one are there game 20. And we are a very streaky team. And a lot of guys that are in the starting five are underperforming. Um, I mean, if you take a look at Aline, he's averaging 10 and a half a game. But if you break it down game by game, some games he'll drop 25, some games he'll drop two. Uh, he's a very streaky player, and I think Darius Maddox is much better at that position than he is. Totally agree. I, I wanted to go back to Mike Young, however, and I thought, you know, coming in, he's obviously from Wofford, or Woford, and he got Kebe Aluma, who came from Wofford as well, and Storm Murphy, the recent recruit. And many people were expecting big things out of these players this year. And Kebe Aluma has been good this year. Lots of leading stats for the team. However, Storm Murphy has been quite disappointing. Um, but, I mean, I think it has to be expected from a small school like Wofford. I think many people had way too high expectations for the players. Yeah, I don't know. Well, like Storm, Storm starting off the season, played phenomenal the first game of the season against Maine. And then in the second and third. Maine. But the second we started playing teams that were actually, like, fairly decently ranked, he just he wasn't able to step up to the occasion. I think the problem with Storm Murphy, personally, is he's not aggressive. I don't see him attack the basket. He continues to just pass the ball around, move. He seems very into the game and very passionate about the game, but he really doesn't get stuff done stats-wise. Yeah, he always looks a little bit complacent, and he's kind of like, I don't know, seems like not the strongest point in our offense. Like, you see players going up to full-court press Storm Murphy, and they mm-hmm. always run the double on him, and he, he doesn't seem to find the right outlet. And then when that happens, our offense kind of breaks down. We can't really find the open guy. and There's, like, lots of sloppy passes going on too I think that's one of the big issues with our offenses but back to what you were saying Connor I like what you said about you know Mike Young we're we're still rocking the same starting lineup I think it's like too uniform you need to be in the game you need to make decisions in the game because like the substitutions and play goals have have to be better like ride the hot hand more yeah Yeah, last last night night. Maddox hit two threes in a row blocks a shot gets fouled on a three makes all his free throws and then Mike Young takes him out like if, if he's he's a hot hand, he's, I think he should stay in the game. And just on the the Storm Murphy piece too, like I'm looking at his stats, the first couple games of the season he played phenomenally, and then we got to Memphis, five points, Xavier zero, Maryland zero, Wake Forest seven, like that that can't happen in those games where we need him the most. And I think the other thing too is he he's turning over the ball a lot more than he should be. Last night on the stat sheet, it only says three turnovers, but Duke, you and I were at that game. It was a lot more than three turnovers. Just the errant passes. He he just didn't. He doesn't seem confident out there. And who knows? Maybe it's it's time to bring the freshman Padula in to start at point guard. 
but unfortunately, Padula is not getting enough playing time for us to see whether or not he is actually a star and, and can be the starting point guard for this team. I mean, I think the real problem is this team doesn't really have an identity. I think last year, if you looked at Virginia Tech, you said this team could play some defensive ball, right? They could play really good on the defensive end, so-so on the offensive end. And then you bring players like Storm Murphy in this year, and you got the likes of Sean Padulia. You're expecting stuff to come out of Hunter Couture to rise well, up. Couture could play defense. I mean, he, he's the best defender on this team. They had him last night on Isaiah Wong, and he I was don't disagree, him up. But it's just been inconsistent with their defense yeah. and offensive performances. I actually really liked what I saw from Storm Murphy last night defensively. He had Charlie Moore on lockdown. Yeah, he did. I really liked that. But I thought he should have been playing more just because of his defense. And then you have other players around him. I just didn't. I like Padulia, but I don't know if he should have been playing as much. The subs did not make sense at all, especially in the last game. I agree. And I just think we're, as a team, I don't know if there's been one game this season that I've watched and thought, like, wow, like, all five guys in the court right now are playing to their fullest expectations. And it's not even like some guys are playing, like, mid. It's, like, you got three guys that are playing, like, good – one guy playing great. Actually, not even you. Have you like two guys playing good, one guy playing great, and just two guys playing absolutely terrible. And you can't have that because you need to have a cohesive team. And this team does not feel cohesive, which is exactly why we're sitting at ten and ten right now. Yeah, along the same lines, it's like not everyone has to be playing great, but everyone needs to be on the same page. And you see, like there are players like faking cuts, and our players are throwing the ball out of bounds. Like, so like the team, too. the team. Team chem and players being on the same page is such a big part of the game. And like you said, Caden, about identity, there is no identity. We're like, okay on offense, okay on defense with breakdowns everywhere. We have no, it feels like nothing to rally around. Like we're just going out there playing just to play. You can have an identity of being just good on both ends. But the problem is this team's very inconsistent on both ends. Right, exactly. They have not proven that they're good at either. Exactly, and they, they just—it's—it's it's every every night. It's going to be a different story. It's like we don't know what we're going to see. There's no like consistent thing. Like we're we're everyone's we're coming coming to castle. We're going to see a game. We know exactly what we're going to see, and we don't know what we're going to get when we're coming in to see a game. And you can't have that as a basketball team, especially a high division one team, which we are. And, and we're just so far this season. I don't feel like that we're playing like that. So, where do you think we need to start addressing issues? Offensively or defensively? I think we just we need to start with the starting five. I think that's where we need to we need to start from there and work your way way forwards. I think, personally, in my opinion, I think we need to put Padula and Maddox in the starting five. I think we've seen enough with Storm Murphy and Aline are, are averaging thirty minutes a game, and I, I think it's time to to take a step back and say okay maybe we need to mix things up and maybe put them in for one game. And if worse comes to worse, they just underperform and it's not it. Then you'll go back to what you're doing. But at ten and ten, you don't have much to lose, so you might. Might as well just start to mix it up. So name your whole ideal starting five. Uh, I would I would personally, my starting five would be Padula, Maddox, Kator, Mutz, Aluma. I think Mutz and Aluma, they, they've been streaky, but not streaky enough that you need to pull them out of the starting lineup. They both come to the, the floor every night ready to play. I have those, so sometimes Aluma does look very lost in the court, I will say yeah. that. Yeah, defensively. Yeah, and sometimes he, he gets winded really easily really easily but I, I still think those starting five guys should be the ones on the on the floor starting next game yeah I like Justin Mutz a lot especially like in the post he was putting in work against Miami I thought actually on the last play when we had 28 seconds and it was a tie game 
I thought we should have spread the ball around and give it to Justin Mutz in the post, let him try and make something happen, because yeah. I think that's the highest percentage shot instead of shooting uh, three on the run with Kator. Yeah, about. I came I came back to the dorm last night after that game, and I was I didn't I just I sat and I thought to myself like we call that we get the ball back we call that timeout to draw up a play, and the play we come up with is a shot from thirty feet beyond the arc, and it's just it, it and then we gave them enough time on the clock to get them the ball back. Like if anything, if you're gonna take that shot, do it at times time is expiring. Just a and tragic one, setup. One second though, man. I mean, I don't think anyone <laughs> in that building was expecting that yeah, shot to yeah, go down. But. You could just see the deflation of Castle after that. Yeah, and it just, but that just puts another like piece of the puzzle into what this season is becoming. Yeah. Because the way that this season has been going, everyone, everyone in Castle before that shot was even taken to win the game, you just you knew it was going to happen because sure. that's just the way the season's been going. We just had too much time to screw it up. Exactly, man. because that's again now addressing the next problem we we don't know what the word close out means we don't understand what it means to close out a game if you look at the games we've played we we are close or leading in almost almost all the games we've played going into halftime and then in the second half well the first like five minutes of the second half will jump out to a lead and then in the last five we just fall apart and I don't, I don't understand like why we do that, but that's just w- what we do. I mean, I think in terms of last night, we could have gotten out to a way bigger lead yeah, if it weren't for the absolutely. amount of turnovers that we had. I mean, and I think that's a common trend with the past previous games. You know, exactly. It just, it, it the mistakes are costing us every time. In a lot of the last couple games that I've been to at Castle, I've noticed that every time we get out to a a six, seven, eight point lead, all of a sudden they hit two threes in a row. They get an and one foul, put them back right back in that game. We we were not able to get past that eight point lead and just and just step on their throats and put the game away. We can't do that. It's just we we're not able to like we just keep letting them back in the game and back in the game and back in the game, and that can't happen. Yeah, I think we just get complacent too quick, like right when we get up. Just take our foot off the gas a little bit. But, Connor, I wanted to actually go back to your starting lineup. So by putting Sean Padulia in at the starting point guard, does that mean that you're basically giving up on the season? Do you think that the season is over for Virginia Tech and you're just trying to give the youngsters some experience? Absolutely not. I think think Padula has shown enough flashes of being, like, halfway decent that putting him in isn't a sign that, hey, we're waving the white flag, the season is over. I just think that Murphy has just lost his confidence. And I'm I'm not sure why that's happened, but I just – I feel like – that one stretch of like three games where he just couldn't make a shot, I think that just tanked him for the season. I'll give my ideal starting lineup though. I do not have Sean Padilla in. I still think Storm Murphy, I wouldn't say deserves, but I will put him in my starting lineup because I liked what I've seen from him recently defensively. And I think if you have shooters around him, I think Couture. He's going to have to step up. He is going to have to step up. I think that he will get a starting spot over Naheem Aline. And then at small forward, I'm going to go Darius Maddox and then Aluma and Mutz to round out the five. But Storm Murphy, I'm still trusting him because I liked what I saw defensively from him. I'm just hoping that the others can step up offensively. And I think by putting Maddox in the starting lineup, I think 
we'll be able to see what that does. Yeah. I just want to see more Maddox. I think he's the most surprising player for Tech this year. Do you guys? Think no, I think he brings some excitement to the game. Yeah, definitely. Everyone's I just him, just you know pass the ball. Like, yeah. He's driving. He's making a move. He's doing he's something to just like shots, change stuff making up. threes. He's exactly. got his swagger out there. Yeah, you know? and I think also another player that's not getting enough recognition is uh, Ojiako, who's play is averaging thirteen. Uh, he's played in thirteen games this season. Only thirteen games, and I think he deserves more playing time and more games to be played because when he's on the court he's making the plays that we need to need to see and, and I think that's one of the other things that plagues this team is depth I, I don't think we have enough like bench depth most of these teams in the ACC have basically two starting starting fives out there yeah. you got your starters and then your bench guys who are just as good as your starters and I think that's what we don't have I think there's a large gap in between our starters and most of our bench players I think size is most definitely a problem too yes that too we have been outmatched pretty much every single game. <laughs> every single game we got outmatched Aluma or Mutz they make some clutch defensive plays some nice big blocks but overall throughout the entire game it just hasn't worked yeah, and, and, like, the other thing is, too, that's, like, so frustrating. So I was looking at the, the Duke game, and, look, we're, we're up by, what, eight at one point? Yep. Yeah, we're up by eight, two minutes into the second half. And then you just watch it as they start to come back and come back. And we kept it close. You know, we were we were right in there. We had 12 minutes left in the game. We were only down four. And it was it was a close game. And then all of a sudden, you look, you got 10 minutes left in the game. Nine minutes. All of a sudden, we're down by 10 with nine minutes left. And then it starts increasing and increasing and increasing. And it's just like we just, once it hits like that halfway mark in the second half, it's just everything seems to fall apart. And I don't know if it's stamina or, or what it is, but it just, we, we can't seem to finish games. I mean, I think, going back to Maddox, I think Mike Young definitely has seen something with Maddox as of recently and what he's provided and offered to the team. He's been playing him a lot more. However, I just don't understand why he won't put him in that starting lineup. I don't know exactly what it is. If he has, like, some, you know, deals with the players, what's going on there? It's hard for coaches to change their starting lineup because it's, like, loss of confidence, and it's, like, that's their structure. But But shouldn't they have, like, talks with players about that? You know, you're telling a player, hey, I'm doing what's best for the team. I'm sorry, you know, just haven't been good enough. I think someone's playing better than you. I'm trying to see the team succeed. That's still pretty hard to hear as a player. Yeah, I agree. I know it is, but some players just need to wake up. Look at it from Maddox's side too. Like you're yeah. you're playing uh, yeah. great every game, and you're not getting the chance to start. Yep. And I don't know. That's got to be one of the most frustrating things in sports. But I wanted to. How do you think? Because I mean, obviously, if so, there's some reason whether it's stamina or not. How does Virginia Tech close out a game? How do they do it? I mean, do you so mercy. It, you just. Yeah. I don't know because it's every every game this entire season outside of the first couple games it's been the same thing. So I think you'd almost have to like go back and look at all the earlier games and like try to understand like how they were able to close those games out because what they were doing in those games is going to help them in these games and I just think that it's just like we we just gas ourselves out. I think we just go too hard too early and we just can't finish it. Some of these games we built 20 point leads going into the 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 uh, end of the first half and you just choke it in the second half like I don't understand why those points all get pushed in the first first half of the game and then nothing in the second half I agree with that but 
I have to go back to what Duke said, and I think the word is complacent. This team yeah. is very complacent. Once they start doing something good, it's like, oh, let's just get a little comfortable. Let's just lay exactly. back, chill around, and see how the exactly. game goes. Yeah. Oh, let's give the crowd some entertainment. Let's play it tight, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I feel down. like also the substitutions plays a big role because we have, you know, plenty of people still on the bench, and we don't have that depth. So we have to rely on those players and have them gas themselves out so they cannot perform down the stretch. So definitely depth, of, you know, it, it affects everything because your arms get tired, your legs get tired, you're sprinting up and down the court, you can't defend, your passes get sloppy, you get tired, and that's just what happens. It's only natural, but it all starts with the whole team. You know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So that's really just an issue that it can't be fixed in the middle of a season. And, and I'm also, I also think it's it's got a little bit to do with sometimes foul trouble as well. I've noticed a lot of games you've got Mutz and Aluma sitting with two fouls in the first half, and they got to go sit the last five minutes of the first half and then or end or going towards the end of the game. When you're sitting with three, four fouls going towards the end of the game, you can't afford to have those guys foul out. And then, again, that's where the depth comes in because then you got to put backups in. And I don't think, like, Gasson can play the entire second half of a game and guard guys that are significantly taller and and stronger than him. He's he's not exactly a big guy. Yeah, he's tall, but he's very very skinny, and he does play good defense. But I don't I don't know. He just he doesn't have enough. Not talent, but he just he hasn't had enough time to develop develop and mold yeah. into a player that can guard these kind of guys. So when you have Mutz and Aluma sitting with fouls, gassed, whatever it is, we don't have that depth to guard people, and then that's how we close our games. And then that's how we let teams back in, too, because of that. So what do you think? Do we start focusing on development of the future or do we still, you know, try and make try and make a run? Do we look the next season or do we think we can do something? <laughs> well, I mean, you always you always can't give up. You got to play now obviously yeah. still with what you got. I still think it's a talented roster obviously, but they have to be thinking about what kind of areas they need to address as of next year, what kind of talent they can bring in, size, depth. You know, they need to change some things up. They know it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, in terms of the NCAA tournament, March Madness, I mean, is that even in question? No. Ah, dude, I mean, they still have us as the first four out, but, I mean, just looking at our upcoming schedule, I think by, by mid-February, if we're still sitting at 500, one game over 500 or below 500, I think that's it for the NCAA tournament. I mean, I mean we got we got. Teams like Florida State, North Carolina again. We got Miami again, Louisville, Clemson. Teams like that that we need to be at our best. Otherwise, we won't be able to close out games. And I just think I don't see it happening, to be honest. At least we don't play Wake Forest again. <laughs> yeah, hey, well, was, we always got the NIT, right? Uh, Isn't that home I, games here? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if we'll make that, to be honest, the way we're playing right now. <laughs> I mean, if we make the NIT, I think we got games here. So, I mean, I mean we're looking, like that. We're looking at a little bit. after Saturday potentially being on a four-game losing straight got to playing Forest State and that's just you can't have that the season's not long enough to have a three game losing streak a four game losing streak that just that can't happen it just I mean I, I was I'm thinking it's already too late because I was thinking back to like a couple games like it starts with this game we gotta start going on a streak and I feel like I keep saying that every single game so I absolutely agree um, I think that pretty much since we were what were we five and Five and zero. I was like, oh, like we got this. We're going to the we're going to the tournament for sure. And then we lost two in a row. And then we beat Maryland. And I was like, okay, all right. It was just like a bad bad mistake, yep. you know. And then all of a sudden we got to Duke, and then we just lost three in a row. And it was like, okay, now we got to win this game. 
we gotta win the next one and the next one and then all of a sudden everyone was like okay wait hold on maybe, maybe we're not making the tournament maybe we're not as good as everyone seems and it's crazy to think because at the beginning of the season everyone thought that this team was going to be something special and have a chance you know to get get into the tournament and maybe make a run and it's just it's not shaping up to be that way right now. We were talking hey about maybe it. next game we'll turn it around though okay <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with no considering the fact that next game is Florida State are we talking them like top 5 top 6 preseason I think someone said, like, top three. One of us said, like, top three, I think. Yeah. But, and then now we're getting beat by Boston College by 15. Yeah. So, or whatever. Eight five, but it's okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> so even still, we shouldn't be losing to Boston College, who's 8-11. and 11. Um, But it's just, yeah, teams that, teams that we should be beating, like Boston College, we're not. Yeah. And we're losing games to Miami and to Virginia that we should have won. You Look at NC State. We should have beaten NC State the first time. And we didn't because we just keep we keep choking in the last four minutes of games and it's just it's not working out for us because you could go back to the season and go through every single game look at look at when we went to to brooklyn and we played memphis and xavier both of those games we lost close games and we should have won should have won those games and i've i've had i have a lot of friends that are big big Virginia Tech basketball fans and I've heard this a lot and it's an interesting school of thought that maybe it's the style of offense we play and I want to get your guys' opinion on this because I think this is an interesting one we play one of the slowest style of offenses in all of Division 1 basketball we are a very like take your time run the play set picks off ball screens all of that and that's how we run the offense but a lot of these teams that are good are fast breaks, dunks, layups, and we are a very three-point focused team. And I'm wondering if that's our kryptonite. Well, I think it's this. We're running that offense. In order for that offense to work, you need big players, and you need players, point guards, or guards, who are trying to drive to the basket. If you're going pick and rolls, you want a point guard who's driving the basket, and you want a big dude just driving in. Also, they like to play it in down low to Mutz or Kevilluma. They ended up not really doing much in the paint yeah, there. Exactly. They need a big dude who they're you know giving it to. So I mean, obviously, you know, the coaching staff could be like, well, we need to get some new players next year so they can fit our offense. But you know, the truth is, you got to focus on now. How about you change up the offense for what you got? Yeah, and I just. I think we're also shooting way too many threes for what we're making. Yeah, I, and that's always something that makes me mad, even on the NBA level. If you, if you how many teams yeah. just shoot threes? If you look well, at our per game, analytics yeah, if you look bit. at our per game stats, it's, our three point percentage on average, thirty nine. <laughs> for each player's individual three point, take it all as a team, thirty nine percent. Yeah, you I'm know just, a team is good when they just do all the things right when they're good, as you said, on like the fast break. You know, and I mean, we have guys that should supposedly be able to shoot a three. Like starting out the season, the beginning of the season, like I looked at our starting five and I was like, wow, like all five of these guys can make it three. And now you got guys like Murphy who are getting off ball screens, wide open looks, and missing it. And that can't be happening. I mean, we were we were all three of us were at that game last night against Miami, and you were looking at their center who made two threes, two of them in a row. He was guarded both times, and he made them. And he's a seven-footer. Guy had a silky smooth jump shot, though. But, like, we have guys like Gasan that, if he was wide open, couldn't make a three. Yeah. Like, we can't have that. I mean, something I noticed was the basics with our defense. Whenever we put our hands up, 
a shot, usually would not go in. But then I saw some times where we just play low and someone just rise up and shoot right over them. No contesting at all. And it would go in most of the time. And I just didn't understand why... Why would you go away from something that was working? It, it, it just happens to go back to the, just the inconsistency with this team. They don't have an identity. And ultimately, they just need to fix things up. Yeah, and, yeah I agree. And the other thing, too, is that we haven't talked about yet, and I think we should, is rebounding. Hmm. We have, have, outside of last night, been rebounded in almost every game we've played. Our tallest player is six. I mean, six nine is not small. Yeah, but for Division One, you, you gotta have You're big right. guys. You're right. And like looking at it too, like we, I've watched a lot of these games where we're letting teams get like two offensive rebounds in a possession. Like that can't happen. Like we have to rebound. We can't just keep letting them get offensive rebounds, getting another chance, getting another chance. Especially in like tight situations where we're only up by two, down by one, whatever it is. We can't let these teams keep getting these these offensive rebounds and then kicking it back out, making it three, whatever it is. Yeah, I um a huge problem for tech is obviously size on the defense. And then like on the offense, like you were saying, we don't really have the size or explosiveness to do anything. That's why our offense is so dull it's so like our offense needs to be restructured and obviously you can say all this it's a lot harder to do it but restructuring an offense and bringing in an explosive player like you don't see stir storm murphy drive into the hoop with a full head of steam you never see that you need like players that can make plays be athletic improvise drive by people to make the defense go into shambles and then Find the open man. We were doing that in the beginning of the season. Yeah, <laughs> Game, games one and two, we were doing that. Uh, yeah, against Maine. But still, it shouldn't matter the opponent because we, we should be able to run plays like that against whoever we're playing. Listen, we're in the ACC. We're in we're supposed to be one of the better basketball conferences, not so much this year. But So we, we should be expected to be playing up to that level, and we're just not. I just remember how excited I was watching Storm Murphy's highlight tape coming into the exactly. season. And it was all about him just, like, crossing over people, driving to the basket, little fancy finger rolls, layups. And I was just expecting to see that. And, I mean, obviously, as we've seen. Yeah, in, in ACC play, I think I've seen him drive to the basket, like, four times. He doesn't drive to the basket. He just sits behind the three-point line. So, you know, I, honestly, we said that with this talent, the offense would have to change. However, I think that the coach needs to have a talk with some players and tell them to change up the way they play a little bit. I know it could be hard because obviously players have their strengths and weaknesses. However, we got to try something at this point. It's hard to tell a player to change his game, but honestly, the way Storm has been just staying out and just filtering out, staying behind the three-point line at all times, it's so predictable, and that's why teams bring the double, and that just slows down our whole offense. He, like We need to have more diversity, more runs to the rack, you know? I mean, he's scared to shoot, too. I've noticed is, that. Yeah. I have noticed that. Whenever he does get a shot, it's like, oh, shoot. Uh, it's not the same confidence care. that it was in the beginning of the season. Even in, like, the like the, the first, like, actual, like, games, like, against, like, Memphis. Honestly, it, it all started against, like, Memphis and Xavier. He just, I don't know what it was if it's 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 probably just all mental to be honest but and just going back to what you were saying duke about like having a player change their game i'm not so sure we have to have players change their game i'm thinking that this offense needs to change the way that they're they're going about their game because 
just watching college basketball in general, there's not a lot of teams out there that run this slow style offense. And I, I've noticed like unless it's a wide open like fast break on a steal where there's no one in front of them, they're gonna slow the ball down, let everyone get set, run a play. Slow the ball down, let everyone get set, run a play. And, and I think that just doesn't work because now you're getting letting teams getting a chance to get set. In a, in a defensive position and get ready to guard what you're throwing at them, and we're just becoming too predictable as an offense. And, and I think teams know that, and that's why we're losing games. Yeah, we don't really have any, you know, explosive, like, slasher, go to the hoop, gonna finish with contact, so there's no, like, real threat, so that's why we just keep slowing it down. It's Yeah, and, and people are calling for Mike Young's head, but I think he knows what he's doing, and I just think, like... Everyone's everyone's jumping the gun as they always do, and I, I don't think we should be calling for his head yet because, yes, we're ten and ten, but we do have a very bright future ahead of us. Especially if this season turns out to be a wash, next year we have we have guys coming in who are very good, and we have players like Padula, Maddox, Gasan, guys who are going to be here next year to fill in those roles that are going to be left by guys like Aluma and Mutz and Murphy who are going to be gone next season so yeah i hate when something goes wrong with any organization or franchise in sports and people just immediately start calling for the head of the coach because it's not always the coach's fault there's there's other stuff going on but if you if you get rid of a coach the whole the whole ladder of operation just falls by the wayside and it's really hard to recover for that i think mike young is doing an okay job. I mean, I just think he has to experiment more. Yeah, yeah. he I, needs I, that's, to, that's he has to take some risks because yes, we're ten exactly. and ten. Take a risk. If he goes change the starting lineup this, the rest of the season, doing the exact same things he's doing now, same starting lineup, same play calls. You know, we see the same exact style of offense and defense. We have eleven games left. We have we have to talk about you know, will we have to get a change at the head coaching position? And I think the thing that will help his case is the fact that we play in lots of close games so it's like you know we're competitive we play in close games yeah, and, and I think yeah. I think people will be less likely to blame him at the end of the season if we, we have so we have 11 more games left right if we end the season like uh, I don't know 15 and 16 16 and 15 and he's switched up the lineup like Five times, put different starters and moving guys around, trying new things. I think people will be less likely to be calling for his head than if, if eleven games from now the starting five is exactly the same it is and everyone's playing the same way they have been. Yeah, but I mean, don't get me wrong, the full blame will not go on Mike Young. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Obviously, yeah. the team's disappointments thus far. You know, you have to blame lots of things, but um, head coach has to start experimenting. Things have to change. Yeah, and you know, it's it might just be the, the curse of Virginia Tech sports where we're just <laughs> overhyped at the beginning of the season every sport and then just continue to underperform every season. Four of our seven ACC losses have been by five points, and then Kem Palm's luck measurement rates the Hokies as the third unluckiest ta- team among <laughs> I, I 358 would, Division One squads. We are the third I, I, unluckiest I team. I would put us at, at number one for unlucky there. Like, I this think we have been... to after after last game and the Charlie Moore. <sighs> okay, maybe after game. last game, but other than that, I think it has to do with just us not being able to close yeah. out games. 
I'm mean, unlucky. And looking know? at the stat sheet, too, like uh, what I was saying earlier, too, because I just pulled this up about the rebounds, is looking at our team-high rebounds, we played 20 games this season. Eight games we've had over one, had a player over 10 rebounds. Eight games. And our highest rebounder for this season was Mutz with 12 against Memphis. 12. We, we're playing teams where you got guys putting up 19, 21 rebounds, and they're doing that against us, and we're putting up eight as our high. That, that can't be happening, especially against teams like North Carolina and Duke, where if you give them a chance, they will just take it and run. And we, we just we can't do that. I think we have to give more credit to Justin Mutz, though. Oh, absolutely. For his, like, for him being 6'7 and having to guard, like, the tallest players on the other team, and he's kind of stuck in there with opposing teams and their best, like, tallest players. So Justin Mutz has been one of the bright few bright spots on this team. And, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. He's been outstanding for his size in the post. He, he's really crafty, and he, he can make defensive plays or offensive plays. But it's not like we'll have him next year, so yeah. it's tough. Although, like, just the, the point of, like, playing in the paint. Like, one of the, 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 the games that I saw it at its lowest was against UNC. A game that it, it was a close game for most of it, again, until we choked in the last four minutes. But... Our highest rebounder was Mutz. He had 10 rebounds, 9 defensive rebounds, 1 offensive rebound. Okay? UNC's, they had Armando Baycott. 19 rebounds. He had 19 rebounds against us. He had 11 defensive rebounds and 8 offensive rebounds. He had 8 offensive rebounds. That's crazy. We can't be letting that happen. And it's just, I feel like it's it's a consistent theme that has been happening over and over and over again throughout every game. And just these these individual, like, tiny, small mistakes just keep getting added and added and added and keep growing and growing and growing. And once you put them all together, we lose games. And I think talking, because we've been talking about the paint, I think we need to talk a little bit about Kevin Luma. Because, yes, we all love him. Yes, he's a great basketball player. But I got to admit, man, some of these games, he looks so lost out there on the court. So lost. And, yeah, he's projected to be a high pick in the draft. But sometimes I just, I'm watching these games going, like, what are you doing? Like, some of these, like, airhead, like, plays where he's, like, got a wide-open guy cutting the basket, throws it out of bounds. He's got a wide-open three. He decides to pull down, drives the basket. He doesn't make the basket. Not hustling back on defense. Stuff like that. Just just plays that, like, should be made by a Division One basketball player that sometimes I'm going, like, what are you doing? For a player as hyped up as he was coming into the air, I mean, he's at least got to do the basics. And as you said, Connor, I mean, he really hasn't. He's made lots of errors on many different facets of the game, and it's been quite disappointing for him. Yeah. He's putting up. He's putting up consistent points a game. It's just. It's. I mean, there's been a stretch errors. recently where he has kind of carried this Hokies team. Yeah. And been very good, like one of the few bright spots of this team. I think him and he's, he's averaging sixteen a game. So we can't yeah. be complaining about that. Can't be complaining too much. However, you know, there's more than just scoring. Yeah, exactly. We have to know that. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, many see him as you know the first player on this team, the best player on this team. He's got to lead by example and start picking up his game. Yeah, I agree. Um, and speaking of, of leading on this team, our point guard, Storm Murphy, not to, to keep going at him, but yep. another piece that, that was is missing from his game, not so much the missed shots and the not, not making the threes that he should be, is that coming into this season, we expected him to be the, the leader and the facilitator of this team because that's what he was at Wofford. 
And looking at him right now, averaging three assists a game, he is not doing that. As a point guard that is expected to be a facilitator point guard, you can't be averaging three assists a game. You need to be dishing the ball out more, creating more shots for your guys. And that leads back to, again, what we've been talking about, about driving to the basket. I mean, if he's not assisting, um, you'd hope he's scoring, but... He's not doing that either. He's not doing that. <laughs> and it's just, it's it's disappointing to see. And I feel like we just, we can go down the list of guys that have played in these games and started, and it's just, it, it seems like small, nitpicky things, but all of it put together is creating a 10-10 and season right now. Yeah, well... I guess we all start again this Saturday, Virginia Tech against Florida State. So we'll yeah. see what happens there. I, I agree. We got to start something. It's just something has to change. It's, Definitely, it's, it's 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 very disheartening to see because it's not what we expected coming into the season. And as all of us being Virginia Tech fans, after a very disappointing football season, everyone on this campus was looking forward to basketball season, saying, we're a basketball school. Well, right now, we're not a basketball school at all. And it's just, it's unfortunate to see, but it's what's happening right now. And, I mean, as as disheartening as it is to say, you know, you look five games down, this ro- down the road, and if we're still close to 500, I'd say probably season over at that point. It's hard to say because as a fan, you don't want to say that. But I just I don't see unless we somehow magic go on like this magic run to end the season. I don't see how anything's going to change. Yeah, and keyword magic because that's what we need. But yeah. I think we're a wrestling school now. We'll go with that. I mean, our wrestling team is pretty good. But, <laughs> but just too also also looking at like the ACC standings right now, like we're in dead last. There is not a team in the ACC right now that is below us in the standings. Like, even not even in just conference play. In actually, sorry, just in conference play, I should say. We're we're sitting at two and seven right now. Yeah. Like that can't be happening, especially when you are as high, like highly predicted as we were to start the season. Like we have teams like Georgia Tech, Pitt and Boston College, who were projected to be absolutely terrible this year and had one of the worst recruiting classes in the league. And they're sitting above us in the standings. And it just it can't be happening. And we have games coming up that have are, like, are going to give us a chance to do that. And we need to take advantage of those games because we haven't. We have, we have a back-to-back night with Pitt where we play at Pitt and then they come here. We're playing Georgia Tech. We're playing schools like Syracuse. We play UVA again, Georgia Tech again. We have those games where we have a chance to get above them in the standings, but right now we're not capitalizing on that stuff, and we can't have that happen. We can't have losses to Boston College, NC State, UVA. It just it can't happen. Yeah, I mean, as disappointing as Virginia Tech has been, 10-10 and 10 overall record, we are only five games behind the Miami Hurricanes in terms of overall record, and they are currently sitting at first in the ACC. And we obviously finished out the year, all ACC opponents, so... Let's just say we have a chance. We gotta be optimistic. We'll see what happens. Unfortunately, when when but, Miami plays Georgia Tech twice, and then UVA and Pitt, and then they play us again, and then Boston College, it, it doesn't it doesn't look like like too hot for us to, to make a run at. We're lucky them, to still be in it though. That, Let's just that say is, that without that disappointing we've been. So. Which I guess we could talk about that for for a second. Is just 
not only Virginia Tech, but I think the ACC as a whole has been extremely disappointing this year for basketball, especially because we're considered like the the basketball uh, division as the ECC, and it's just, I mean, it's it's not happening. Like Duke was expected to be like they are one of the best teams in the nation, but they have some questionable losses right now on their on their resume going into the tournament. I'm not confident about any of these ACC teams. I really don't think there's one team that's set in stone the best team in the ACC. Yeah, really no, I, I agree. Like you have a, a team in in Duke who lost to Ohio State, and that's the Ohio State team that lost to Xavier. They've played some close games too, though. Lost to Indiana. Lost to Wisconsin. Those aren't exactly... Wisconsin, Wisconsin's ranked, but, like, Indiana and Xavier are not two teams that are powerhouse basketball teams. And it's just, as as the ACC as a whole is just underperforming. We're just underperforming as as a whole, and it's just, it's not not it, unfortunately. Um, and just going again, going back to, to tech, it, I think next season, looking ahead to next season, I hope we'll play better than this year. I, I think it will force next year will force Mike Young to start guys like Padula and Maddox, and hopefully they they perform to what we want them to. But I don't know. Hopefully there's a little more flow in the offense and some more chem. Maybe they should all get like a lake house together. Go out <laughs> team, there. Some team bonding. They definitely need some team bonding though. They really <laughs> they, don't they, look on the they, same page. They, they don't. It, it's tough. There's been like like you, we we said earlier in the podcast. There's multiple times where you got guys doing baseline fake cuts. Like I don't think I've ever seen that. Like even in like high school basketball, guys don't do that. You you cut to the basket and then that leads to turnovers, which then leads to points, which then leads to losses. So real quick, I'm interested to see what you guys think. So obviously we went over our ideal lineups for Virginia Tech. However, how do you think Virginia Tech is going to line up against Florida State this Saturday? What do you guys think? What do you think Mike Young is going to do? With the starting Not five? what you think. What, what do you think the starting five is going to be? Yeah, I think it's exactly going to be the same, the same exact starting five. Yeah. I don't think he's changing. If we lose this game... I don't even know if it's uh, changing. I, I sad hope. that you think that he's going to like stay I the hope. same? I mean, doesn't that say a lot about... <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I mean... Think, I think at the end of the day, he just has... The way Mike Young is, I just think he has has this, this mindset and this faith that these guys are going to change the way they're playing basketball. And it's going to get better. And they're going to start performing the way they're expected to. And I just, as a fan, I don't see it. When you're losing like this, you can try and stick it out with your guys. Or you can say, let's change everything. And I think he's going to be like, these are my guys. Let's see. You know, they're both Storm and Mike Young, both from Wofford. That's his, that's his boy. But... You know, you have to do what's best for the team. And with the poor performances lately from some of the starters, the lineup definitely needs to be changed. Will it? We'll see. I mean, I don't even care at this point what the starting lineup is. All I want to see against Florida State on Saturday is energy. I want to see a win. Energy. Yeah, I, mean, I thought you were going to say a win. I, I want to see, see a win. I would absolutely but love to see a win. I mean, I think energy and passion will end up turning out in a Virginia yeah, Tech win. A's. You can't so, get a I mean, win without energy and passion. Yeah, I agree. And it's just something they've been lacking. Obviously, we've been talking about how slow their offense is and just so many missed assignments. So, Yeah. And I, another thing, too, is I noticed is we 
play a lot better at home than we do on the road. And yeah, yeah, home field, home field advantage, whatever, that's fine. But as a team that when you get to the NCAA tournament, you're not home. You can't be can't be playing significantly worse on the road than you are at home, and it just unfortunately it's just like it's for the, for this team it's one thing after the other, and we're just gonna if we keep I think if we just keep what we're doing right now we're gonna probably end up as at 15 16 or even potentially worse than that. Yeah. That's how I see us finishing out this season, because we have tough games like you said Florida State UNC stuff like that where it's just like. If we keep if we keep doing what we're doing, there's there's no chance we're beating these teams. Yeah. So not to keep hating on this team, as you said, they're good at home. I mean, they only have two wins at home against ACC opponents. It just and the other ACC, than that, ACC have, general is tough for seven losses. <laughs> Unfortunately. I think we should wrap it up with each person giving a prediction on the end of the season record right now. Now, I, as an optimist, I'll say 16 and 15. What are you guys thinking? 14 and 17. Mm. I just, I don't see us beating beating close games. I think these close games are going to lose. I'm saying 14 and 17. I'm going to have to agree with Connor. Yeah. I'm going to say 14 and 17 as well. Just the, the, and you know what? If, if they are better than that, I will be thrilled. That'll surprise me, and it'll, it'll throw me. But At least 500 I want to see, though. Yeah. At least 500. Yeah, I, I would like to see as, like, clo- as close to 500 as we could possibly be. I think that's a fair judgment. I mean, our um, toughest opponents, we got Florida State, North Carolina, Miami, and I'd say Virginia you can put in there. Yeah, because we lost them again. But That's a winnable game. That is a winnable game that we should, hey, should win. Hopefully. But. Hopefully. After this Florida State game. I thought a lot of games were. If we win games, so. or lose, <laughs> we start off again with Georgia Tech. Okay. Yeah. If if you come back to me uh, on Valentine's Day, and we've won four in a row, I will 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 say to you, I think we'll finish above five hundred because we can absolutely beat Georgia Tech, Pitt twice in Syracuse. I thought you were gonna say if they won four in a row, I could ask you to be my Valentine. But it's hard to crush your hopes and dreams. I really was. I really got excited for a second. I'm sorry to crush that, but yeah, no, four four in a row would be nice. And you know what, Duke? If if we win five in a row, I'll ask you to be my Valentine. There is no way on this earth we're beating Florida State. Let's go, Tech, baby! (laughs) There's no way we're we're beating Florida State if we keep playing that way. Uh, All right, well. That's that's all for we got for you guys now. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast for Duke Durant and Kane D'Souza. I'm Connor Levinson. Have a great day. <laughs>